Have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? What kind of tape? A regular tape. People run it, I don't know. You start to play it, and it's like somebody's nightmare. And as soon as it's over, your phone rings. And what they say is, you will die in seven days. And exactly seven days later. Who told you that? Somebody from Rivera. Who told you? What's your problem? I've watched it. We thought it was some kind of sick joke. And then the phone rang. It was a week ago. Uh, you're just trying to scare me. Welcome back to the Fear of God podcast. I love this podcast. I've got a sinking feeling that maybe you do too, listener. Prattling on to you right now is one of your typical hosts slash co-hosts, Nathan Rouse. Typically with me is just uh, uh, going on 20 years, chum, you know, hetero life mate, Reed Lackey. You know, he's usually here. I did... He he walked past the screen just a minute ago with all of these like electrical cores and wires and and widgets and doodads and you know he's plugging things in. I could hear some water running. I didn't really. He's kept muttering something about the horses, the horses. You know, I don't really. I I don't know. Reed's an eccentric fellow. That seems a bit dangerous. Uh, if I'm perfectly frank, it does seem a bit dangerous. He does, but. Reed does like to live on the wild side a little bit. Many of you have not formally met him. You don't quite know just what Reed is capable of in his wilder moments. Um, but while he's, I don't know, settling in for an electric bath, I don't know. That's, again, probably not safe. But while he's doing that, hopefully he'll be back in a second. Um, I did want to encourage you, if you are new to the podcast or if you are just uh, uh, been with us for a while but are just lazy, um, please go to iTunes and subscribe to us. This is how we continue to grow in our, you know, I, I, I don't know, the, the magic iTunes algorithm. Apple owns the world, whatever the mark of the beast that they are going to hand out that I will probably accept at a certain point in time. Regardless, please go subscribe to the podcast. Please, please leave a rating or a review if for nothing else than to stroke our egos. Um, but we also do appreciate those and, and, and they're really fun and we enjoy getting to see what y'all think of the show so please go do that it would mean a lot to us and uh, read read buddy you're kind of 
you're you're kind of drenched, but you're a little sizzling. You okay? I'm. Are you okay? I'm. I'm all right. I'm all right. It didn't. Uh, yeah. It, it didn't go according to plan. Uh, no? no. No. I don't know what the plan was, but I wish you had talked to me about it before you. Oh no, no, it did was it. no, no, no. It was super simple. I was actually trying to, you know, like wash my toaster, and I okay. figured, I okay. figured it would be better and more prudent to like wash and dry it at the same time. Just trying to save uh, time. Just trying to get more, you know, just trying to keep things be more, more efficient. Concise. Yeah. Um. Tried the same thing with the hair dryer not that long ago, and it didn't go. It didn't go very well. Um. You know, I, I do. You know, it's funny. I, I was fully expecting like Tell me of, all of, funny. Of, of all of the moments in our film that you that that you could reference. I fully expected you to have me running off of a of a boat or a ferry and oh, running no. into a propeller, uh, maybe falling down a well, Wait, maybe watching a videotape. What movie did we watch? Um, uh, we watched Black Beauty. Black Beauty. <laughs> that's a good one that is a that is a scary movie though this is um you know it's funny did you ever have have you watched any of the show portlandia we've never talked about this uh i have seen the pilot and that's it actually okay well i've only seen about half a dozen but i do i do really enjoy it and i think if i were to dive in i would i would be probably like it uh uh, rewarded There's this hysterical moment in an early episode where Carrie, I can't remember her last name, but there's this, you know, I mean, it's sketch comedy. So there's this truncated narrative of her getting to know this suitor and them. Maybe do they get married? It's this really, it's like a five minute sketch, but all of this, all of these beats of a relationship happen in a very short span of time. And (laughs) towards the end, she's, I think she's like blow drying her hair and he's in the tub and she like drops the blow dryer into the tub oh and my he just gosh. gets electrocuted and dies. And that's like, that's the punchline of the bit. And I don't, when what? I saw that, I just, it was so hysterical to me because <laughs> of the way you, I don't know. You have to go find it and watch it. Just look up. I, I don't think- know what <laughs> something, but watch all of Portlandia to find that one bit. I- you will be. That Very is really okay. So that's really funny. Of all the things, it's like, oh yeah, no, it was this great thing, and then she just drops the hair dryer in and just electrocutes him and just kills him. It was really, it was really funny. I'm like, oh, uh, acc- accidental murder is the best. Do we need to have a conversation? This is an intervention. I don't understand. We do not. Hey, Reed. Hey. Guess what? Okay, so we are diving back into our Monster Mash series. Yes, but. You know, we've been trucking along here. Uh-huh. Last week, we moved we moved into the next round, and I just got a no read. Are you ready for some Mortal Kombat? Nathan. 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 Hey, hey. Huh? What? Huh? Nathan, what? Nathan, that's not. What? We can't do it. Are this we way. whispering? Yes. We... Remember? No, this what? is. Remember, because we, oh. we're we we're recording early, and so we can't, oh. because we're recording oh. early, we can't remember because you had that thing, and so we had to bank oh. a couple of episodes earlier, and so we actually don't have the results of the survey, so we can't, we can't do anything with it. Oh, sh- Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we going to, what are, I'm sorry. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Let's, let's do the rest of the episode like this. They're going to get really mad at us very quickly, but what do we do? Okay. So, so for technical reasons, we had to record early and so we can't do the results. So what are the people going to do? 
Okay, so all you have to do is go to the... Okay, so as this episode airs, which the reason that you we don't have the Monster Mash results is because we had to record so soon after you haven't voted on the Monster Mash. So we don't know who the winners are yet. So, But if you go uh, as of this release, um, if you go, the survey should be... If it's not, it will be shortly, like later this evening or tomorrow. Um, the survey will be available in the face group in the Facebook group, on the Facebook page, on Twitter. Uh, it'll, there'll be a notification on Instagram. Whatever you do, all the social media places go, and you'll be voting in the semifinals for... Uh, I don't know if these would be considered semifinals or finals, but these will be the the final pairings in each category. So the last wow. two of the monsters, wow. the last two of the humans, uh, go and... So this is this vote will get us from four to two? In each category or from two to one? No, the last they are voting on the last two. So you are voting right now for this week. You are voting for the champion, whoever the champion is of each category. So it is the the final two, uh, whoever that wound up being from the week when it was four. Um, So, yeah, that's that survey is up available. Uh, If it's not available as you listen to this, it should be available shortly after you listen to this. I really want I really want and shout out. W. David Lichty. Mm. Tell us how to pronounce your last name. But you're the man, by the way. I'm going to shout out David because David gives me audio visual tips when I message him. So you're getting mentioned on the air, brother. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. We we talk about home theater setups. Um, Wow. But 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 he I'm being replaced. He basically (laughs) no. no, You're never read. Never. you're being assimilated. No, but wow. David wrote this this amazing bit of what I will call fan fiction around our monsters category. It was that he posted it was on the website uh, on the page today, which will be two weeks ago when you're listening to this. Uh, but it's amazing. I really would love if more of you wanted to uh, throw some of those up there. Because they're amazing and glorious, and we will shout you out on the episode and maybe read an excerpt of your fanfic final battles. That's awesome. So, okay, okay, fine, fine. So, I guess we will get back to the Monster Mash next week. We will yeah. put a pin in it right now, and we'll get back to it next week. But in I case you, but in case you missed that, listeners, like, give us your fan fiction. I know Nathan just spent that, but I really want to emphasize that because now I want... I wasn't being dismissive of that. I was encouraging it. No, that's what I'm saying. But, it, like, no, that's what I'm saying. I want to double... I want to doubly reinforce, like, hey, give us your fan fiction for these mashups. I'm going to say even present or past. Whatever mashups you want, like, give it to us, and, and uh, we will read our favorites on the air. That will happen. Absolutely. Yes. And one of them cannot be Nathan versus Reed. Because <laughs> that happens every single Scott, week. Scott, Scott, we have that on the air all the time. <laughs> no, we don't. Just in the squared you circle, You shut brother. up. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, why do you got to keep bringing that okay, up? Okay. So I know it's just fun because I've been listening to Jaws <laughs> since our feed got hung up. And it's like, <laughs> that is such a fun segment section oh of our gosh. podcast last week, two weeks ago. Um Okay, so fine, putting Monster Mash aside, but we are still back in the Monster Mash series. We have done Jaws, we have done Predator, we are now uh, jumping down the well of, um, um, what's his name? Spirit. Gore Verbinski's yes. The the Ring, mm-hmm. yes, in the Spirits category. Uh, we are talking about The Ring today, um, so don't answer your phone anytime after this podcast airs or that you listen to it. Yep. But before we get there, Reed, I just, Reed, I 
I emoted a little bit a minute ago. I got kind of vocally loud and it paid off to nothing. <laughs> I, I feel, I feel the, I feel the compulsion to try it again and just be like, brother, what you watching? What you reading? This is like my nineties. Okay. You know, my nineties, like, um, or like 2000s third eye blind gun. What you listening to? You like that? <laughs> I do. I especially like, like the a, little coda. Little, little, little semi charm like Brought me, yeah. Kind of brought me back on. to, yeah, to third eye blind and blind melon. And Dude, there were a lot of blind yeah, bands in the jumper. Yeah. They were the blind boys of Alabama. <laughs> I wouldn't consider them a 90s rock band. Well, no, but I was just going with the blind thing. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so. Three blind mice. See how they run. Read. <laughs> Run us up to your what you're watching, reading, listening to. Okay, so um, I do not think, <laughs> I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the show before. Uh-oh. If I have, then forgive me, but we've, so it's been on for like four seasons now. Um, and we started it when it first, uh, I forget, because it feels like it's only been on for like a year or two. I know it's in season four, but I, I don't know how they break up their seasons. So my wife and I have been catching up with, uh, live episodes, uh, catching up to the more recent episodes, I should say, of a show that is now on the Paramount Network. I think before it was on. That's not a thing. I forget it, it is a thing. So, but a Paramount Network, dude. Yes, this is not my. This is not the point of my story. But yes, Paramount Network is a thing. <laughs> so, um, but but so we've been catching up with. Uh, it airs on the Paramount Network. It is Lip Sync Battle. Have you heard of this? Oh. Yeah, yeah, it started on Jimmy Fallon, yeah. Okay, well, it started on Jimmy Fallon, and I don't know how directly... I know it had to have been an an inspiration by his work, but it is an actual half-hour competition show. And um, so it's hosted by um, LL Cool J. But... Now is it is it celebrities all the time or is yes it it's all the time celebrities okay, no, right, it's all right, the time right. celebrities now they're not always in the film and television world they've occasionally had athletes um, I was a big fan of Shaquille O'Neal's episode that was really funny uh, he's a goofball he's really funny that sounds um, right but um, so well yeah because it was great because Shaquille O'Neal did Love Shack it was great. It wow, was, it was hysterical. Um, so, but no, so uh, so we've been catching up with episodes of Lip Sync Battle, and if you have not seen that show or watched that show, like it's a lot of fun. Some episodes are hit or miss. Um, some of them are not as enjoyable, and occasionally you can tell when the artist or when the celebrities didn't really have anything terribly clever to do. So instead, they decided to just go for vulgarity or to kind of try to make fun of their uh-huh. of their partner, opponent, whatever it is. So some of the episodes are a little bit of a dud, but even the duds, you'll probably find something kind of fun to see in there. But the biggest reason I bring it up is, um, and you should YouTube this. I might share it to the Facebook page after this episode airs. Um, because we're just trucking along. We've been watching a lot of them. There's a lot of really good ones, a lot of really strong episodes, um, some really funny, uh, really funny lip syncing. The concept of the show, if you don't, can infer it by the title is just the celebrities get up, they perform popular songs, but they do so by lip syncing the material instead of actually singing it. And the first in a battle and it will. Yeah. And then they have to compete against each other. There's two celebrities on it. Occasionally they'll have a special episode with like four, like they did the cast of stranger things. And it was the four boys against each other um, doing different songs. And that was fun. They each did one, uh, but most of the time they do two, one of which is just them sort of doing their thing. And another, which is like an elaborate, production um so the episode that i'm going to point everybody to and if you have not youtubed this or seen this already oh my gosh youtube it i apologize that most of lip sync battle is not as amazing and awesome as this but this one is stunning 
So Zendaya um, went up right. against Tom Holland. Have you seen this? Have you seen this thing? I have seen the Tom Holland. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god! It's funny. Tom I Holland. wondered if that's what you. When he's in like the 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 tuxedo and then he takes the tuxedo off. What's yeah. the song? I can't it's, remember. Well, he does. He starts with "Singing in the Rain" in the tuxedo and then goes yes, to Rihanna's yes. "Umbrella." And yes, it's it's stunning. It's amazing yeah, yeah. what he's able to do. It was so infectious, and he's like a trained dancer, so he's like really on point yes. with all of the moves. And I mean, it was so fantastic. It was great. So well, he was he was Billy Elliot on Broadway, I believe. Or he was in Billy. London. Yeah, he was. I don't know if he was. He was definitely in the show. I don't know if he was playing the character of Billy Elliot. He was definitely in the show. It might have been that he was Billy Elliot in the show on Broadway and then played a different character in the Billy Elliot movie. But I think he is in the movie as well. Um, oh, I would need to look oh, all of that up. That's what, I, It would surprise me if he's in the movie, but I, I don't know. It, but, you might be right. Was, I didn't, just, be, just because the movie's pretty old and he's pretty young. Um, oh, that does make sense. Yeah. So maybe it was just the show that he was that he was in. But he was. Yeah, he's definitely a trained dancer and he's an excellent that's, dancer. That's, uh, that's a great movie. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, But yeah, so y- you should check out Lip Sync Battle. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, LL Cool J and um, I think she's a supermodel, Christy Teigen. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it's it, it's a fun show and I'm enjoying it. We're having a good time with it. All right. Well, this is what what audience members don't know is that you and I are in a heated lip sync battle right now where you are mouthing over my vocals and vice versa. But they just can't see us. So they don't know. Yeah, it's really fun for us. It's though. Pretty, we, we enjoy it. We, it's, pretty- <laughs> it's, it's theater of the mind. Everybody it's just a, sort of picture. It's it, impressive. You know? It's impressive. Have yes, you ever seen yes, that? Yes. Have you ever seen um, that game they do where um, it's uh, something that golly, Kristen Wiig and someone else. I oh, yeah. She does the bit yeah, with, yeah, yeah. where they're Fred, trying to talk. Armisen. And Fred yes. Armisen, and they try to talk over top of each yeah. other, and they try to say the yes. same thing that the other person. Let's try it right well, now. Just, yeah, they're just trying. What's <laughs> really funny? <laughs> no, no, I really no, don't, don't, want don't, to. don't run. It's so, it's, it's so, so awkward. awkward. It's, it's so, so awkward. It's so awkward, it's so awkward drinking. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Speaking of okay, Fred I'll Armisen, see. have you ever seen Portlandia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, that was fun for so, me. So that yeah um, um at least for one of us um <laughs> so i did go see um the ant-man and the wasp recently. Ah, i have not so be um, careful with spoilers i know i know i'm gonna spoil it all um <laughs> they get st- they both get stepped on in the first third of the movie and that's it it just kind of ends and then it's just a movie of michael douglas just running around <laughs> wondering wondering where <laughs> where everybody went <laughs> It turns into a soft sequel why. for the game. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, but he doesn't realize that they're both dead because they're tiny. You know, he just thinks it's the whole movie. He's just in an adventure that he thinks that he thinks they're with him on. <laughs> That'd be great. And then, st- and then stuff keeps happening to people purely accidentally and he keeps crediting them with it. <laughs> just keep like, Good job, thanks, Scott. Thanks for that. I still don't know why you're giving me the silent treatment, but thanks for taking that. That's my, <laughs> that's my daughter. Oh, that's great. <clears throat> um, but no, actually, I really enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp. I will not spoil it. We can talk about it again once you have seen it i do think um it might be a, a a notch above ant-man in terms of kind of pound for pound enjoyability and and so that's awesome it's got some pretty hysterical nice. elements to it um the action set pieces i think were amazing just mm. just just visually uh how they pull off some of the scale is really impressive nice excuse me so yes i did i did go see ant-man and the wasp it is very much worth your trip to the cineplex to keep up with the old mcu the um, cinema. 
by the time this airs, most of our listeners who would see it probably have. But if you haven't yet, there are two after credit sequences. I like to know that going in so that I know how long to sit. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if you do this. I've gotten to where I'll like once the credits start, I will Google just to know like okay, every how many are there? single time, really? every single time. Because I, I mean, yeah. you know, it's an MC movie, so you know there's going to be some. But I want to know how many there are because if I don't have to stay to the end, I really don't want to. No, I get um, it. Yeah. Although, wasn't that a great one? Is it on Spider-Man Homecoming where it's, yes, where it's, you know, Captain they have America. those Captain America tutorials yes. or yeah. the, you know, <laughs> PSAs. Those are so great. And, um, he said, and at the end, he's um, all like, he's all like, how many of these do we have to do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's oh, so it's good. Um, your body is changing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Well, Reed, that's, that's, do you got anything else? No, 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 no. That's it. That's it. Well, that's been another episode of What You Watching, Reading, Listening to, Read. <laughs> I don't know why I'm on this 90s. You know. well, you, we love I actually the 90s. really love that song. I, we do. We did a whole series dedicated to horror movies from the 90s. Wow. And that was fun. I just, let, let, me, let me try one. Let me try, I use that just thinking. What you, what you watching, reading, listening, listening to? What you watching, reading, and listening to? Is it? Yeah. That was that was right. Jimmy Eat World. It wasn't one of those blind bands, but. I, I, well, it's true. Because Jimmy ate them. Jimmy! Jimmy! You tied it back into Fear of God! <laughs> Monster Mash! Yes! Oh my gosh. Listeners I mean, who might have who might have joined us for the very first time have no idea what's going on. The, uh, that's I love okay. it. I love well, it. I mean, Just buckle let's up be honest. Do we, do, do we read? We don't. Do we? No, we don't. Um, I'm going to be so thrilled, which is not my attempt to uh, skew the voting. Uh, You're making a soft that's attempt a, to skew the voting. That's a, that's a Russia joke. Get it? Tavanish, wow. Russia voting, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but I would really love if Jimmy won the whole best monster monster mash. We'll see, we'll uh, see competition. Just because that would just that would feel so appropriate. I know, kind of, kind of it does. And and we could we'll see you know, Jimmy Eat World. You know, it's just <laughs> and we could just make T-shirts of it, and it's just the naked dude from the movie. Nobody the would t-shirt. wear that. Nobody would wear that. <laughs> I get arrested. Blake Blake Collier would wear it. <laughs> Blake loves and hates how much he's getting name dropped by me these days. Yeah, yes, uh, yes, he does. <laughs> on that, on that, on that run, brother, you, you're the man. Oh All right, so Reed, today we are jumping back into the Monster Mash series. Enough of the frivolity. Let's get serious, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Very serious. Jumping back, jumping back into Monster Mash. We talked about Jaws. Um, we got laughed at by the predator today. We are getting, <laughs> we are getting contorted by Samara, uh, talking about 2002's Gore Verbinski directed the ring, the ring, Ringu. So can I start with a little story? So, Please. um, I'd so like that. I like what, stories. We, what listeners, like if we went all the way back to episode one, we kind of vaguely referenced this, but I don't think we've ever told the story. So in brief, some of the details aren't really important, but, um, following our collegiate days, you and I moved out to California together. And I don't know if you remember the timeline, but this was released the same exact month, almost the same exact week that we moved from North Carolina for me, Georgia for you, out to California. 
And so we, so when we moved out here, one of the very, I think it was the very first week, we went to see this movie. It was getting a lot of hype. Really? A lot of, yeah. That we went to see I always this movie. love, I always love because my, my memory is so bad. And I also, also love how like you'll surprise me sometimes with these apocryphal stories that yeah, I was involved yeah. in that I'm like, cool. That sounds fun. <laughs> when did that happen? That's great. <laughs> I wish I could remember that because I was there, but I don't know. <laughs> so, Go ahead. But, um, but so, no, so you, and I, we, you and I went to a movie. Yeah, we went to see it, and uh, you, I, I'm going to say this, because you have your thoughts on it, and you can share your experience sure, or whatever, please. but uh, you did not, uh, really, you not you were not really taken with the film uh, in real time, to the degree that you obnoxiously like kept trying to ring my phone, like in the movie. You kept trying to, you kept trying to call me. <laughs> you kept trying to call me in the movie. And then when that didn't work, because I didn't... Me is so proud of 2002 <laughs> me, and I don't remember that at all. But that is beautiful and brilliant. And, and I love so, me. and so, then, like when you when you would try to call oh me, and gosh. I would not answer because I'm a good theater goer. <laughs> And oh, I kept, God, that's funny. I kept looking and, and like, I kept saying like, Nathan, stop calling my phone. Like, stop that. And so then you would just take to leaning over. You would lean over at different times. And, and you would just whisper, seven days, seven days. That's all you would do. The whole movie. Like... Couldn't even enjoy this movie because I don't you just, remember that at all. You could not, and I was, and I remember oh. thinking every time you would talk about how you didn't oh like it. I'm like, no wonder gosh. you you barely watched it. You spent most of the time trying to punk me, like said seven that days, seven is days. Amazing, and you've been sitting on that story, yes, for two years, saving it, for knowing this. the day we're going to record the ring. Yes. You're going to break that out, and I, I'm. I love so much about this moment. Oh my like, gosh, it was it was that crazy. is amazing. I kept looking at you, and I can still get a visual of your face as you as I looked at you, and you were like so proud. I was you were like seven days, and I looked at you, big <laughs> this big wide grin. You're like, listeners uh, uh, like, <laughs> can't yeah, see my right. face, but you were like, oh man, just slack jawed. Wow, like, I ain't that funny. I mean, it was great. It was great. <laughs> that is so hysterical yeah. because I don't remember that at all. But I just do. I mean. I don't remember how much uh, much of anything clearly, but um, how much the ring, the movie has come up in our time recording the fear of God, but only a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I know generally I had a negative memory of my affection for it. And, but I, I, I did not know that I did that to you in the theater. Oh, like yeah. I want on the one hand, I want to apologize. On the other hand, I'm like, no, oh, no, amazing. it's a funny that's story. Like, yeah. No, it, that, funny. That was worth doing that 16 years ago just to be able to have the payoff <laughs> moment right now. Like, I, why would I apologize for that at all? Like, that's amazing. Uh, but let's let's just pause and reflect for just a moment. Like, listeners don't know our whole, like, moving across the country stories and everything. But, like, like who knew that, like, several years later we'd be sitting here talking about this and it all goes back to that, several. that, that first week. Uh, that we were just sitting here, yeah, sitting in the theater watching, watching the ring. Little did we what's know. Funny, what's funny about that is I do remember, not the ring clearly, but going to see Star Trek Insurrection with your cousin, who both of them, or at least one of them, does listen to the podcast. I think, listens to, do they listen to the podcast? I don't know. Um, but it was okay, actually Nemesis, because I remember this story. Yes. Okay, was, not okay, not Insurrection. <laughs> it was Nemesis, and I remember this story, man. So guys, Nathan loves movies, but he is yeah, often... The, the stories that happen to be being told right now in tandem <laughs> make it sound like I hate them, but I really love you them. Because kept, you kept like... 
whispering or giggling or something. I can't remember what you were doing. And then oh all of a gosh. sudden, my cousin looked right at you and said, Nathan, shut up. <laughs> it was great. It was that probably made a big... He was so mad at you. Sitting grin back at it. Oh, man. Yes, you did. <laughs> he was so mad. Oh, my gosh. He was uh, so mad. What is interesting about that to me is how much I despise movie talkers, like, now. And I guess maybe always, but maybe clearly <laughs> not. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I remember I my, one of my favorites. You I am, have a good... Listeners, I am safe to go to the movies with. Like, that... that I'm as stunned by those stories as you You usually are. have a, a good pun, like, ready, like, in your pocket. That's true. I remember when remember. we went to see the Robert Downey Jr. starring, <laughs> uh, Robert Duvall starring The Judge, and, like, as soon as the open, as soon as the, <laughs> the Universal or whatever logo popped up, you just lean over and you're just like, here come The Judge. Here come The Judge. I looked over at you like, what the... Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's well, great. did I I don't think I referenced then and maybe I haven't told you this like in keeping with the theme right now of wisecrackery in a theater when we went to see Hereditary. Did I tell you the story? Oh yes, so, you did. <laughs> okay. I wasn't it's there amazing, for it, but it's pretty funny. No, it's amazing. It's it's in line with this and then we can move on to the ring. But <clears throat> uh 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 Hereditary uh, a going theme in the movie is decapitation. It, it happens a time and then all of a sudden it's happening Multiple like times. everywhere yes yeah 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 just just the 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 tagline for the movie could have been heads will roll or something or, or not a good time to lose one's head or something anyway <laughs> so um at, towards the end of the movie a character gets uh, decapitated and then their levitating body is floating up to a treehouse and another character is following them and just i mean it's it's two minutes from the end of the film we're all a little bedraggled by the the lopped off you know, uh, uh, craniums that have been just sort of rolling throughout this film. And just in the quiet of the theater, we're all kind of traumatized by what we've watched. This decapitated head is floating up towards the treehouse. And I just said in the quiet and still, I said, heading on up. <laughs> and it was, it was glorious because it just got the best response from the oh, crowd. It was God. great. It was great. Okay. Well, wow. What a, what a digression Seven we just had. Days. I know, Saturday. I know. So, okay, so I'll use that to piggyback into just some some prompting questions. So, I have been curious in in general. So, coming out of that, and I think we even referenced this on our very first episode. But coming out of that, I kind of liked the ring. I've always I've always kind of liked the ring. Even 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 under those circumstances. Even under those circumstances, yes, because I was rooting for the poor underdog movie. But no, so um, I've always kind of liked the ring, and I knew that you always were kind of not fond of it. And so I'll use that to sort of prompt. I kind of already know some of your thoughts, but like, so how did you feel about it this time around? Because I think this was the only the second time for either of us seeing it. There was that experience in the theater. Thank you again. And then it was I, you know, watched it for this recording this episode. So I, yeah, that was just the last time I saw it. This is only well, the second time. Well, I will I will let you in real time. So I was worried because I was like, man, I'm going to have to be a bit on the defensive here. Not defensive like in a bad way, but like Reed is probably I, you and I hadn't pre-briefed our conversation at all. Sure. You know, yeah. prior to the second viewing, <clears throat> I honestly did not remember much less that glorious story, but that it was you and I who had seen it together. Uh, apologies. Uh, just clearly it's not you. It's me. Um, <laughs> So I went into this new viewing knowing that people just really dig the ring. 
I did not at the time. I saw it first, clearly. As sometimes happens, you know, where you and I will come at uh, uh, a movie from a different angle, I was trying to be generous. Not in a bad way, but just in a like, okay, let me really open myself up to this. Let me be willing to kind of change my opinion here. To the point that I was more sympathetic to it this time around, I went, as I described it to you, I went from negative to neutral. Mm. Um, I don't know that I pushed over into positive. And we'll talk about some of the particulars of, of why that is. But yeah, so for this viewing, um, it does feel a little bit like a time capsule. Um, I mean, I do like Naomi Watts a lot. I love Brian Cox. But uh, yeah, we'll get into some particulars. But in terms of general feeling i was more open to it which resulted in like i said going from kind of a negative perspective on it to more of just a neutral uh, sure and, and yeah and, sure and what about you mr lackey so ironically i actually went from a relatively positive position down to a neutral position so it it, right. it dinged down for me a bit in this viewing and i can get into some particulars in a, in a bit about precisely why but i always had a rather fond memory of it and I, I remember kind of liking the movie, but in this viewing particularly, I remember the, the what was originally sort of passable and easily forgivable flaws now stood out to me as somewhat bigger dings in the overall narrative. In the there's a couple of things that I will you know without qualifier praise about this film, and I think I understand. Uh, why it became as popular as it did. I think a lot of it has to do with its release timing, but um, I, I think I understand why it is such a big hit. But uh, but I think for me this time around, yeah, it, it it's it wasn't as impressive to me uh, this go round. A couple of moments I still really like, and a couple of things I still am really uh, drawn into and and impressed by. But but overall, well, I didn't like it as much. Well, let's you know we've engaged in some pretty serious conversation up till now. Let's I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> um, but let's 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 go into, you know, kind of a, our, our, our likes is likes kind of zone here, unless you have bits to to trivialize. But I did want to say as a as a as a real summary statement, um, like I said, was more generous to it. But I think for me, what the movie gets right in terms of mood and atmosphere, where it stumbles hard is it fe- and hear me i haven't seen ringu i haven't seen it's the the japanese movie that inspired it but where it fumbles hard is it tries to wrap its arms around so many different genre conventions and i <clears throat> and i feel like it cannot hold them like it, mm. it's just it makes a valiant effort to try to rent uh, uh, wrangle a cohesive narrative out of it but i don't think it achieves it personally yeah. um you know you 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 can almost go down the horror checklist and, and, and find something in this movie. Um, sure. And I will say that. So that was my summary statement. I want you to have a summary statement too. But one thing that I really did find myself giving a lot of latitude and runway for was I really appreciated that this movie feels like the sequel to a worse movie. Hmm. Like most horror movies that deal with stupid things like haunted videotapes, <laughs> what the content of the movie is is the discovery of the tape and the effects it has on the initial viewers yeah you know what i mean right, like right right like i i actually like the conceit of naomi watts's character of rachel as her son calls her being an investigative journalist trying to piece together what happened like to me that's a pretty cool 
launch pad for for a plot yeah does that make sense oh no it absolutely does and i think i understand what you mean that it's like um well one of the one of the major likes for me there are three major moments in the film that i find very effective and i find really impressive one of them is the entire opening sequence i really genuinely like uh, and and that's part of why I got really excited when I was rewatching the movie is because I really like that opening sequence with uh, Amber Tamblin and and uh, she and her friend they're talking about this videotape and even though the premise itself even strikes me a bit absurd with that but they're still talking about it and she's like oh I've I've seen that tape and then as things progress the dread that builds right, uh, culminates right. I'm like that's a really effective opener and so as I was watching it again this time I was like dang yeah like I really like this and sadly when it begins to get into the core uh, narrative of of the film and maybe now's the time to unpack this like part of my biggest dislike with it is i feel like the primary substance the primary punch of the film hinges almost exclusively on its opening 10 minutes and its last 20 minutes and i feel like that entire while the entire um let me let me mention six cents six cents i have heard criticisms against it that say once you know the ending of six cents watching the movie becomes pointless because it feels like that movie is all about the ending. Now I disagree. Well, yeah, I disagree with that. I feel like there's a lot going on in the sixth sense that is valuable regardless of the ending. But for me this time around, the ring did like the main plot of her uncovering the mystery behind the video did sort of get muddled. I kept feeling like, okay, when is she going to get to the reveal? When is she going to get to the whole thing? Because I'm ready to, for it to just, un, you know, be uncovered. What's really going on with this, you know, the videotape and everything. We should we should pause our likes, dislikes briefly um, for those who have been hiding under a rock for however long. Uh, or in a well. Or in a well. And you know nothing about the ring. You absolutely know nothing about the ring. Um, the premise and... Be prepared to giggle a little bit or roll your eyes because the premise when just said outright is, is a little absurd. There is a videotape circulating that when you watch it, it is a sequence of disparate images, very freakish, nightmarish sort of images um, that are inexplicably linked together. They're not they don't really have a cohesive thing that they're trying to present. But when you watch this six or seven minute video, however long it is, then the moment it stops your phone rings, and when you pick it up, a voice, a cryptic, uh, ghostly voice, says seven days, and then what is it? What does it say? Seven days, <laughs> and so, <clears throat> and then seven days from when you watch this video, you will die. That's the premise of the of the film. It it uh, there's a victim of this phenomenon in the first ten minutes of the film, and then that victim's. Uh, I believe it's her sister aunt. or aunt. Okay. Played by Naomi Watts. Her name is Rachel. She begins to sort of dig around a bit to try to uncover the root of what, what killed her, uh, her niece. And so when she's trying to uncover all of that, uh, see, I'm getting really thrown off by the, <laughs> I'm getting really right. thrown off by the relationship. Cause I actually thought that the girl that died was the boy's aunt, meaning that it would be no, Naomi no, Watts' uh, sister. They're cousins. They're cousins. cousins. Oh, okay. So yep. anyway, so regardless of that, so um, Naomi Watts' character keeps trying to uncover the root of like, hey, what caused this death? In the process, she watches the tape herself. Her uh, ex-boyfriend also watches it, and that spirals them into this, okay, what was this video? How was it created? And that's the mystery that the film basically unfurls. Uh, we'll get to what the reveal is probably in a little bit, but... Well, let's... 
You want to go ahead and say, well, I don't know if you're going somewhere specific with this. Well, let me, yeah, no, no, that's okay. Let me roll with it. So, um, so basically, uh, my ding on the film is that in repeat viewing for me, the, the, the section of the film, which makes up, you know, a good hour of the movie is them trying to uncover these different mysteries. And the first time around, I kind of found that pretty interesting. And I was like, what does this all mean? And this twist and that twist and that surprise. And, you know, Brian Cox, and now he's crazy. And now he takes his life in the bathtub and all these crazy things. So what's really going on here? And then it comes to to find out, um, this is why I wanted to hold the, uh, I, I want to, this will make sense to you in a second. I wanted to hold the big reveal because it's part of my scares list. If you want to go ahead and say it, then that's fine. But the big reveal is on my scares list. So that's why I was like, oh, let's hold it back a little bit. But if you want to go ahead and jump into it, we can. I mean, is it your only scare? No, it's it's one of three. Okay. Well, whatever, Reed. It's your show. I'm just. Wow. Wow. I'm just. I'm just you, listen, you ruined my experience of watching this movie. So I get to dictate <laughs> how we do it. I'm just kidding. Um, no, that's so. fine. Well, and we don't. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can hold that until scares. All, all I wanted to interject was that I think a problem that I do have with this movie is kind of like I've made this reference before, I believe, maybe on the show where it's got the 24 problem, like mm. the TV show 24, where if you watch 24 which which had has its merits definitely um but the the harder they worked to to make that show stretch the the worse it got but a given season of 24 let's say you're halfway through it to try to explain how you got to that halfway point is like impossible it's ridiculous it's stupid yeah. to even go through the exercise of talking out okay well it started with this and started that this led to that this led to that this led to that. like the 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 labyrinth of dumb character choices that resulted in the given season of 24 wasn't worth taking away from the action and excitement that it could bring. So sure. Similar here with the ring. Goodness gracious. Like what Reed just described is the most bare bones surface level version of the plot because to actually try to explain the plot and understand the plot is nonsensical. It really it yeah. does not make sense. Um, and we can get into some of the whys more, but, but I think that is a big ding I have against the movie is the more you scratch because, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. Like even by the end of the movie, you're like, uh, I still don't really know. I, I understand what was about yeah. one particular mystery that got solved. But that was a very specific one buried under many others that sort of don't really make sense. Anyway. So do you know what I thought this time around? What? I Tell thought me. this time around, and this is a, a big, uh, I apologize if listeners are really excited and they love this movie and they're like, Oh, what do the fear of God boys have to say about it? And then we're like <laughs> trashing on it. But, um, I thought I had the thought while I was watching the movie, I was like, did Ed Wood direct this videotape? Because I'm sitting here. Wow. And all I could think of <laughs> was that scene. I'll do better from, next time. Well, no, all I could think of was that scene from Ed Wood where he's watching all this random stock footage and he's like, no, this is great. You know, there's atomic bombs and there's chaos That's everywhere. Hilarious. We don't know what's going on, but it's scaring the Buffalo. And I'm like, I'm sitting there watching that ring video and I was yes. like, oh yeah, wow. there's all this stuff going on and we don't know, but it's scaring the horses. And I mean, like you have, you have totally neutered that movie now. <laughs> well, that is great. Well, I love like, it. No, I'm, 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 I'm expressing gratitude. Like that's, that's, that is a wonderful take on that. <laughs> so yeah, huh, that, that disturbing, you know, collection of, 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 uh, uh, stock footage. Uh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> hard pivot back to likes, dislikes. So yes. Um, I, it's funny that starts with the very first conversation, the amount of buy-in that has to happen 
for the coincidental nature of that opening sequence. Oh, sure. You sure, know, yeah. like it's, it is a high bar to clear to be like, Oh, uh, okay. Well, I guess that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's where we're going and that's where we're at and that's where you're taking me. So sure. I'm going to go, sure. I'm going to get in the car and go with you. It's a, the car has already in motion. <laughs> Jump in. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so that's a big leap. Um, there's this great Chris Rock bit where he's talking about. <laughs> He's, he's talking about deadbeat dads and kids going to kids getting incarcerated. This is a stand up special from probably sounds hilarious. <laughs> and I know it really is. And he says his 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 bit is when your kid calls his grandma mama and his mama Pam, he's going to jail. <laughs> And I just thought, like, this kid is going to jail. Like, this little boy, Aiden is going to go to jail because he calls his mama Rachel. He's like, she is not mama. She is like Rachel. She is I like. I still have no idea why he does that. I mean, I know they've got a tight relationship or they've got like a tense well, relationship. Well, I think like, I think it's meant to be. It's meant to be suggestive. She's a workaholic and he's having to grow up on his own and he's a bad actor. And what are you going to do? Um, I really dis. Uh, man, I'll get to yeah. my likes in a second. I really dislike that kid. I mean, no offense. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm, I hope he has a great career. But I, I really dislike that kid. I dislike his performance. I dislike how they use him. He has exactly, which is ironic because he's tied to my major and most and biggest like. And it's. I'll mention it in scares. But but uh, for the most part, I just really do not care for that kid's presence in the film, which also hurts when we get to it, which also hurts the final resolution of the film, because I'm not really that I like I understand why Rachel makes the choice she does, but I'm not bought in because I'm like, who cares? And that's 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 me being like real dismissive to. Oh, you mean that part where the movie made up rules as it went along and. Oh, yeah, it did that. Like, left, yeah, right, it definitely did yeah, that. It definitely <laughs> did that. Um, yeah. And, you know, well, well, all right. Let me give some credit here, because. One thing I will praise, and because, yes, like you said, there are people who like this movie. People who love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, I will. I mean, and you and I talked about this off pod. Like, the atmosphere is great. The atmosphere is great. It's very. It, I like, won't disagree with I, that. Yeah. I, I was taken with kind of the general cinematography. It is artfully crafted. Yeah. Um, it is. It is a competent film if not a competent story to me. Oh, absolutely. Um, There's some great film craft at play. As much as I tease about Ed Wood having directed the little haunted yeah, videotape, yeah, yeah. like the, the film very effectively creates a, a consistent and unnerving mood. And, and I feel like that, you know, for, for viewers who respond very positively to that kind of thing, there's a lot to like about the ring. There really is. Cause it's, it does have a really about the only thing that I would say is cohesive about it is its tone and its mood it's it's very yes. uniform in that way um feels very focused well i love i do love little subtle touches like i presume you caught this um because you're a smart movie going individual but i am um, smart you is kind um the the subtle changes to the video as it gets watched multiple times throughout the movie like mm. i don't know if you remember what naomi watts sees the first time she watches it is different in its ending than what Aiden sees in the middle of the movie. That's funny. I, th I did register that, but I always just thought that they were not showing us all of it. I don't think so. Really? Personally. Really? I think that's because, interesting. Well, cause see, I'm trying to resist going where you're trying to keep your scares from going, which is the big, the big, okay. So, you know, all right. So we, I have a couple more likes, dislikes. I mean, most but, people have seen this movie. Yeah. So yeah. Ahead. So let's get, so we'll go ahead. And, and so it's number one on my scares list. It's my favorite moment in the film. 
all of the resulting investigation that they do when they're doing the uh, they're doing the different work to try to uncover the videotape's description. Come to find out, at the heart of the the creation of this video is a victim, uh, a girl named Samara, who was presumably tortured by a, a series of experimental tests. Not tortured, you know, in the traditional sense, but just she went underwent a number of scientific tests. And um, while she was, you know, in those throws, she has like a kind of a psychic ability. And basically, she is murdered by being thrown down a well where she has to stay for seven days. So her assailant thinks, but yes. Yes. And so basically what happens is, um, so then come to find out she has imprinted her sort of psychic phenomena on this videotape. Well, Naomi Watts's character, Rachel, reads that as a cry for help. She helps sort of uncover Samara's body. They give her a burial. They do all this sort of stuff, and they help her. The big reveal of the film is that she's talking to the her son in what is presumably the denouement of the film, like the falling action. And then when she's like, uh, when he's like, is is some, is the girl still in the dark place? And Rachel says, no, we, we helped her. You know, she's free. We helped her. And he leaps up in bed wide eyed. And he's like, you helped her. You weren't you weren't supposed to help her. You were not supposed to help her. And and then his nose starts bleeding and it all gets like freaky again and everything, which culminates in the, the ex-boyfriend, Noah, who at this point in the film, you think everybody's completely safe. You think the the story has resolved. They've brought justice to this poor uh, mistreated girl and then come to find out, uh, no, that mistreated girl was a nasty, vicious, vengeful, evil psychic spirit who just wants to burn the world down. And then she leaps out of the TV and kills Noah and all this crazy, nasty, awful garbage. So yeah, that's the big twist on the film. Um, And I do think that that moment is really really effective i know i think you have some different feelings about that but that that moment really invests me in the story more so than almost anything else in the film like as in when you say that moment are you referring to the like are you responding to the technical aspect of what happens in her emerging from the screen or are you responding to the fact that oh what we thought was them freeing her kind of in a benevolent sense is them unleashing her what what do you mean i don't think i could have one without the other like i think if it was just the reveal that wouldn't hit as hard as it's the reveal immediately cut to the scene where samara emerges from the tv and and kills noah so i think sure. either of those scenes in isolation wouldn't pack the punch that they both do in sequence so it's like i can't i can't really divorce one for the other cuz i do admit like some of the some of the technology looks a bit dated, so the effects look slightly dated, but but it's still really effective to me. That big reveal of, like, you were not supposed to help her, and then, you know, she never sleeps, and so you find out that the little girl is actually the monster of the movie, and then the that monster claims yet another victim. That whole thing is very effective to me. Yes. I think, I think in isolation, yes, I absolutely agree with you. I think it's hard to sync it up with my misgivings about some of the narrative... Mm you know, kind of throw everything in the pot feelings. I mean, I, again, I, I, I'm not dismissing it. I think I can respect that as a scary moment. I think, yeah, some of the visual aspect of it has diminished over the 16 years since its release. Well, to double back real quick, because you were talking about thinking maybe we just didn't see all of the, the Oh, yeah, film, the, which, the, the, yeah. Which may, maybe is the case. But to my memory, which, though admittedly hazy, I did just watch this yesterday, so it's pretty fresh, and I did notice this, so who knows, maybe I'm Maybe it's correct. Um, when Naomi Watts watches it, the f- the short film ends in static on the re- reveal of the well. 
Mm. Then when Aiden watches it, uh, whether it's because she intercepts him in time or what, the last image is the beginning of Samara crawling out of the well. You see like a hand come over and oh, interesting. start to okay. that's all. That's all I'm registering is that's kind of cool to me, this sort of subtle little stuff over the movie that the video itself might possibly be alive or has a, has a, an organic malleability to it. Thanks to Samara. Yeah. Yeah. But let's, let's, all right, come on, let's camp out on that for a second. Like, I think it is hard to get past, which is, which is uh, maybe help me discern this, which is maybe unfair to the movie. It is difficult to hurdle the sort of ridiculous factor associated with a demonic entity imprinting itself on a VHS tape and it getting passed around, which would, well, let me, okay, let me couch it this way. It is not ridiculous because, because horror movies are made of far less than this. Oh, it's sure. not ridiculous. It's not ridiculous that there's this uh, haunted artifact that uh, affects people when they come in contact with it. That's, that's, you know, as long as horror has been a genre is, is present. Um, I think it's the mythology around it that is so convoluted and so like so are we meant to understand that these images in this short film are just psychic impressions edited together that are i I don't know right right i'm not i'm not totally interested in being talked into that being awesome more just i really sure it's hard it's hard hard to get past it if that makes well and (laughs) we joked off pod that it's like one of the big dings about the film is not the film's fault, and that's that the, at the center of it is basically now an obsolete technology. So it's like, sure. you know, we talked about it's like, oh, yeah, the really creepy movie from 15 years ago about the 8-track tape that was you right. know, haunted. Right. You know, it's right. like at this point, um, we're so far distanced. Most of the people who would see this film remember VHS, possibly, you know, loosely remember it. But you're only about 10 to 10 to 15 years away from this being as obsolete a device for a haunted object as yeah like a like an eight track tape or a cassette tape or something like that and and again that's not the film's fault the film was dealing with the the medium that it had at the time dvd was around but it wasn't as wildly popular um especially not in the uh the japanese original the japanese original was 98 and if my memory oh, wow. serves me correctly the uh, DVD as a format was not invented until either 96 or 97. Um, so I'm not, I'm not positive exactly about that, but it was very recent. So Ringu, sure. the film is dealing with, you know, a VHS tape. The well, main... it's funny you say that because the hallmarks of the time that I recall is how big it was that Sixth Sense and the Matrix were on DVD. Like that. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those were two giant entries to yeah. making that a mass market consum- consumable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's another reason why. So, so let, let's, uh, we're, we're kind of getting all over the place, but I think a lot of this is really good. There's just, there, there is quite a bit for as much as we would ding down our overall feelings about the film. I think there's a lot to talk about. I do think one of the reasons why, and it was a major hit. I think if, if I'm remembering the little trivial information I saw, its budget was somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to $25 million, which, you know, I don't have $25 million, but it's made, its budget was somewhere around there and it made like a triple digit of millions of dollars, like 250, 260 million dollars. I forget exactly how much it how much it made, but it was very popular. And I was speculating about this because I think when you remember the time, this was 2002. 
it's coming off of the 90s. And the 90s, for all of the things that we, I mean, we did a whole series, hashtag I love the 90s, where, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about 90s films. One thing that I would in general say about 90s films is they don't typically have a great sense of mood or tone. Um, They're much more sort of narrative plot based in terms of like they're they're looking for big set pieces they're looking for big action moments they're looking for perhaps strong characterizations there's not a lot in the horror genre that is really intending in the 90s to evoke mood so then when the ring comes out like fresh on the heels like 2002 and as we've already said one thing that it nails a bullseye on in my opinion is is this very unnerving unsettling mood which it did take i think by being a direct remake of the japanese films because it started this whole wave of Japanese remakes, like on uh, following the success of The Ring. Then it felt like every major horror hit from Asian cinema was now going to be remade. Uh, you know, you had One Missed Call, you had Shudder, Pulse, uh, you had The Grudge, you had uh, uh, Dark Water. There was th- there was like at least half a dozen to ten in quick succession remakes of Japanese horror films. But I think people at the time were just sort of hungry for something that was really creepy and very unnerving and just had this this unsettled tone to it. And it fizzled pretty quickly as far as trends in cinema go. Um, but I think that's one thing in looking back at the film, sort of assessing it with a 2018 brain, the fact that it is imprinted on a VHS, uh, the fact that that sensibility does feel a bit dated now. And I think when I say that sensibility feels dated, I mentioned to you that I, I have seen worse films trying to do what The Ring is trying to do. As much as we would sort of express ambivalence towards it, there are films that are attempting what The Ring is attempting and barely succeed. They they do almost none of it. Uh, but The Ring does a pretty good job of everything that it's, you know, sort of scratching at or attempting to do. So I think that's that's a big reason why it was such a major hit and that's why it it took off so with audiences. But yeah, I was I I do think that one of it one of my major dings against it would be like, "Oh, it's a it's a VHS tape." Well, I'm not scared of those cuz now I literally this this afternoon came across the Rocky 3 soundtrack on cassette tape and <laughs> and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to throw this out because I literally have no means to play it. Like right, I like right, I have, right, I have, not, I have right. nothing to do with it." So it's it's kind of a shame these kind of obsolescent artifacts, but you know, that's one way to escape Samara's curse. It's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I haunted I, I imprinted myself on a videotape and now I will get nobody because nobody can watch this thing." That reminds me of um, uh, a number of years ago, uh, Lost Season 5, I believe it was, uh, released this really special, cool uh, DVD sort of gift set for its release that was this uh, Dharma binder with all these mm. like fun little kitschy Dharma initiative stuff attached to it. Or sure, it. sure. But one of the specific items was a VHS tape with like a Dharma orientation video on it. And I was like, wow. sweet. Wow. I don't. I, I don't know where I can watch this. <laughs> I have to go to the library and rent a VCR. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then I'll watch it and I'll be like, we're going to have to watch that again. <laughs> you like that, Riri? I did like, like that. that. I like that. That's a lost reference. It is. Um, so let's, let's, let's jump into the scares real quick. Um, though we've alluded to a number of them. Um, I think that 
no discussion of the scares in this movie is complete without uh, discussing the horse scene. Oh, my Lord. Um, late in the movie, Naomi Watts is on a ferry. And this imagery of uh, dead or dying or incapacitated horses has has prevailed throughout the film. Well, she encounters a... Um, gosh, what do you even call those things? You know, what whatever people whatever type of um, trailer that people pull that has horses in it. A horse trailer. Um, sh- uh, sure. A horse trailer with a horse in it. So, <laughs> Although actually I thought this was dumb too. She, she's like making a really because story, right? Because plot. <laughs> um, she's making a really concerted effort to pet this horse to the point that you're like, okay, just back away from the horse and be done with the horse. <laughs> but she presses in and keeps wanting to make herself known to this horse and petting it. And then, of course, it kicks the trailer wide open. It's this real dramatic cinematography sequence where the horse runs and leaps over her and over the railing of the ferry and plummets to the icy water below. And then they all, the the, the passengers run to the other side of the ferry. And uh, you look down where the, the water's being kicked up by the wake of the boat and then blood just fills the water below as this this poor horse gets you know propelled to death oh, uh, which, oh my gosh i actually wrote you know Peta is not happy with this movie um, <laughs> no and, i mean impressively it that whole sequence looks pretty legit i mean i hope oh it absolutely. it's not but uh, no absolutely it, it very much it they sell it well oh absolutely it does yeah and that's a, that's the thing is like it 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 uh uh, my three moments have now all been revealed. It's the opening 10 minute sequence, the big reveal of, you know, Oh, you weren't supposed to help her leading into Noah's death scene. And then that horse on the ferry, it's, it's a genuinely very unsettling. It's very disturbing. You know, that's not nightmarish probably in and of itself, unless you're a big animal lover, but it's, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's very disturbing. No, no doubt about it. Um, I did wrote, what is it with horror movies and coughing crap up? Oh my gosh, the hair sequence! Oh dear well, lord! Well, it's not hair. Remember, I thought it was hair first. It's not hair. Remember, it's a um, it's like a node, like a like a node oh, thing that's they put right. on her at yes. the uh, hospital. Yes, like the that's hospital. right. Um, although funny enough, was it this? After I watched the ring, I watched the trailer. I think this is what it was. I watched the trailer for Rings, which is oh, which I haven't seen last last year's seven percent Rotten Tomatoes you know future sequel sure um yeah and in the trailer there's a girl coughing up a hairball i was like come on oh wow man we just we just keep jumping in i didn't well. even i didn't even give rings a chance but rings frustrated me because there was a new friday the 13th sequel in the in the making and rings did so poorly that they scrapped the friday the 13th sequel and i'm like guys yeah, yeah. and i was and and i said i was like guys friday the 13th has so much bigger of a fan following than rings like you reverse those orders wrong like <laughs> friday the 13th would have done much better than than rings did my opinion. I mean, I we'll mean, it might have at least got it might have at least gotten an eight percent Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I don't know how good the movie would have been, but it would have made. I know. Money. I'm just saying, but you know, yeah, eight percent isn't a hard, isn't a high bar to stretch for. <laughs> um, all right, so I mean, I've got like I actually was pretty disturbed by the imagery of the victims post Samara's encounter. It's pretty. Oh, nasty. that is yeah, that is a pretty freaky shot, and it's it's brief in the film. Right. It's very yes. yes. Um, it's just sort of a but that's part of its effect yeah absolutely absolutely 
Um, yeah, they are very, and it's, it's this image of like, they're, they kind of look waterlogged, like they've been soaking well, and it would, it's appropriate considering she's, you know, down in this well, um, as if they've been soaking in water for like days and days and days. So that's the, that's the effect she has on her victims. That is genuinely very freaky. This would not be scares would be likes, dislikes, but I don't want to get far away without mentioning it. Naomi Watts is legitimately fantastic in this movie. Like she's, she's wonderful. Um, as much as I would ding, well, and I like Brian Cox and his performance quite a bit as well. But as much as I would ding the rest of the general performances, she's fantastic. And she anchors the movie really well, I think. She's just a really outstanding actor. I did actually appreciate about that. And this is why I say it feels like the sequel to a movie that we didn't need to watch anyway. Like, she is... I don't. I didn't look at her IMDb to know this, but she's a little bit older than what you would expect for kind of the, the flashy... Ho- horror movie i don't know if that makes any sense i just like that it's a bit yeah, more established yeah. a bit more mature she's not a team right character right. correct correct yeah um so i did appreciate that um oh, <laughs> that said speaking of naomi watts she is cold when after she discovers noah's waterlogged body and she hides in the corner while the assistant goes up oh my to discover gosh. it. I was like, dang, girl, you yeah. ain't right. No, man, that's, yeah. that's crazy. And I mean, and it's like you kind of understand why she's doing that. But it's just, yeah, it is. It's really, it's, it, there's, a, there's a little bit, we'll get into this a little bit in theme when I, when I unpack my theme a little bit for this. It's just, there's a, there's a little bit of this whole like, wow, she is just, she's awful. Like in terms of like as a human being, I don't like her performance is just fantastic. But just as a human being, I'm like, she's a little awful. Like, right. Yeah. Well, um, lest we lest we wait much longer, um, because I do think maybe what a dislike would would be related to theme. You, you care if we let's dive in. Down? Yeah, let's dive in. Yeah. yeah, we just there's so much well metaphor. <laughs> let's say it's, it's true. You know? It's true. Yes. Throw me over, Reed. Throw me over. Before we I get jump, before we get cl- too closed in by time. You ju- you jump, I jump. Um, <laughs> um, I'm just mixing all the movies. So, a and and this is again, this is a little unfair to the movie because it's not totally interested in this. Except the movie's kind of about this. I think it's unfortunate that for a movie that's about on its face. The knowledge being gifted, if you will, or cursed with the knowledge of your death and the time you have mm. that the movie is deeply uninterested in exploring that. Yes. Yes. I understand what you, you mean. Know what I mean, yeah, like, I understand what you mean, which hear me again. She's a reporter. It would make sense that she would work to pursue the leads to where they took her. But the movie just does not do much at all. And in fact, by the time it gets to it, when she's in the cabin with Noah again and she's like, take care of Aiden, it's almost like, well, you, if she were to die, she's got like two hours left. You, you really did wait until the last, you know, the, the sure. 11th hour yeah. to not start to mention, really noticing that. Well, not to mention the fact that if she does, she's telling him take care of Aiden. He's got right, like a right. day. Like, right, right, yeah, right. No, it's exactly. Yeah. Figure it out. Figure it out. So I do want to camp out on that, but another one I've got too is just what I wrote down is the effect of the effect what we watch has on us. This movie is very meta in that way. Mm, yes. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I really want to spend much time with that one. In fact, because the 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 other one is more interesting to me. But this is this is where this movie is hard because I think it 
introduces an idea, it gives lip service to an idea that it doesn't doesn't care about. Yeah, doesn't mature. Um, yeah, but but I just think there's something really because maybe then you're not really dealing in the horror genre anymore. But I think it would be an interesting take for a movie like this to actually have its characters spend time on what it means to be faced with your own death. Um, sure, sure, I understand. Well, and there's uh, yeah, um, there's an even more. <sighs> Man, there's an even more insidious sort of element to this. I don't, I'm resistant to bring it up right now because I don't know how different it will, how different the conversation will play out if we don't camp out on this idea for a little while of like not, of like coming to terms with your own mortality. Um, right. I, I, I do, I have something that I do think is related, but it, it feels like if I introduce it right now, I might, I might steer completely well, away from the, from the rest of. Steer, Reed. We're at the bottom of the well together. Let's just know. let's see. We're gonna be here for seven days. Like buckle up, listeners. Right, right. You know, like seven, seven days. Seven days. Man, that was really dumb. So, um, but so here's what the this particular viewing. Here's what stood out to me. I have always like huge dislike for me is the actual resolution of the story. First of all, it makes zero logical sense. There's no sense whatsoever to me that it's like, oh, man, how did I like I don't even know. Do you remember those moments in movies where like the like a, a mystery movie or some sort of the M. Night Shyamalan does this all the time where suddenly you see sequences from earlier in the film. Everything right. pulls together and it's right, like, right. this is what you were missing. This big reveal is what you're missing. And in the ring. She's like, why, you know, what did I do differently? What was, you know, what was different about me? And then it shows you all of these different moments. You know, she was never supposed to have a child and all this. It shows you all of these different yeah, things. Yeah. And the conclusion is, I made a copy. I'm, and I remember think, sitting here thinking like, what did any of what you just remembered have to do with the fact that you copied this video? Yeah, what did yeah. any of it have to do with anything? And, and that, that resolution has always struck me as so ridiculous that, that like, wait, that's how you escape this? At least... With Jimmy the It Follows monster, the copy only, or like passing it along only delays the inevitable. It doesn't actually stop the inevitable. It just right. delays it until, you know, the It Follows monster is done with whoever's next in line. It's like, I can get behind that. You're just putting people in front. Of, you're just buffering the queue, as it were. But this is like, no. Well, and because It Follows makes a pretty direct point of of articulating that to you. Sure. You know, yes. this yes. this movie, like you're saying, it reveals... There's a copy, but you're left to be like, but what does that mean? What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does yeah. that have to I do mean, with anything? And so I'm I'm cool with it meaning something, but I, I don't know what it's supposed to mean. And here's what really okay, so this film does not take the opportunity to explore people who are given a finite amount of time. I keep resisting mentioning it because it's a completely different what? genre, but uh Calvary. Calvary is oh. a film about a man who is basically told he has seven more days to live, and the film is about how how do you navigate that? How do you navigate that knowledge? How, do you try to stop it? Do you try to run from it? Do you do anything differently? And but that's a drama. That's not a horror. What film. if what if Calvary is like a subtweet version of The Ring? Like <laughs> right right before the events that movie begin, Brendan Gleeson has just watched the video and gotten a phone call and like that's, so he, that's no, terrible. no wonder. I mean, you know, it's the ring expanded universe. Don't sully my affection for Calvary with, with <laughs> no, the connection. Oh, that movie is so wonderful. So uh, see Calvary, everybody. It's, it's beautiful. Um, okay. So, but, um, 
But so basically, you know, it doesn't take the opportunity to do that because they're too busy trying to solve the mystery that ultimately is benign and and not really that worthy of solving. Um, But it did strike me this time around the final line of the film there. She realizes how don't ask me, but she realizes we make a copy. It'll leave you alone. You'll be fine now because we make a copy. We'll show it to somebody else. So we'll make a copy of it. And then Aiden asks, well, what happens to the person that sees it? And then Naomi Watts like looks up at the video screen of the copy that they're making. And then that that's the end of it. Right. Like, the, right, like right. that's that's the ending of the, you know, cut to credits. And it struck me this time around. And maybe this is um, I'm going to try my best to connect it back to the, the this idea that we're not reflecting on our own inevitable ends is she's making this copy. And I remember sitting here thinking, I'm like, dang, it doesn't matter what you've done or been involved with or what you suffer. As long as somebody else pays the consequences for it, like you're going to go ahead and pass the consequence along. Like that's basically what you can do. Like, I mean, this is the ghostly spectral equivalent of, I'm going to frame somebody else and make them suffer the heat for it. Meanwhile, I'm going to get away scot-free. And sure. it, it really, like I mentioned earlier, very glibly and briefly, how Naomi Watts's character is a terrible person. And really, this this viewing of the film, I I understand ideologically how a mother will do anything to save her son. I understand that. I have no feelings that the film needs to justify that choice to me. But I don't really like Aiden. Like, I don't really like him as like, <laughs> like, I don't really like that little kid. And then not only that, but I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, wow, you were. And I mean, admittedly, the characters in It Follows do the exact same thing. But yes, but you can chalk it up. There's up to teenage dumbness, you know, like yeah, this Im- is immaturity, poor developmental maturity. Sure, know? sure. And she, but it, it did sort of strike this note in me of like, wow, she's. She's basically stumbled on the way that she can get away from this curse scot-free, and she's going to pass this curse along to someone. She's essentially committing this sort of back alley murder where she's like, I'm just going to make this video. We're going to show it to somebody, and then that'll be the end of it. I don't know what's going to happen. And dovetailing that back into your thought about how the film is not really very interested in, uh, or it doesn't seem to be interested in a person recognizing the finite amount of time that they have left and coming to terms with their own inevitable ends. In fact, it is, I think in total, a film about a person who is trying to cheat the inevitable consequences of their choices, trying to cheat getting out of what will come as a result of, you know, what the effect that what we've allowed in has done to us. You know, I'm speaking in very broad general terms, but I do think there's some value in just recognizing for a second, like, hey, you can take responsibility for what you've done, or you can simply scapegoat someone else to, you know, you can pledge somebody to go back to our yeah, you know, yeah. episode on on the graphic novel witches. Um, like, you can essentially pledge somebody and be like, well, now it will be their consequence to deal with. And that really stood out to me this time around about this whole, like, you know, passing blame, passing consequence, deftly sort of tricking the system in a way so that somebody else is going to suffer the consequences for it. And I think it all just boils down to not coming to terms with your own inevitable end, not. Well, that and, and 
you're raising this notion to me of like, she makes him complicit in her premeditation. Yes, absolutely. Like, Put yeah. And I think I think in uh, you know to to uh, tie a ring around back to Jaws of what we <laughs> what we teach our kids, you know, and how oh, yeah. mm-hmm. like that moment is so telling for her as a human, much less as a parent. You know, because it's it's one thing you you think about these sort of genre stories and the the person who's with their child and they accident they kill someone who's assaulting them, but it's an accident. It's it's not premeditated. Right, like, right, right. Now we kind of have to wrestle through the stories about wrestling through the consequences of that. Well, in the ring, it's like ah, you know, consequences be damned. Me and you, kid, uh, we're just going to take out whoever we need to in order to stay alive now. And and I think that's why. Uh, to me, a much more interesting version of this movie, like can have almost all of the same component parts, but maybe, maybe truncate the mystery, the sleuthing over the course of four days. And maybe she hits a brick wall. No, I don't mean that literally. I just mean like maybe she hits a brick wall in the story and all of a sudden comes to her senses as a, a human and a mother and a parent and decides, oh my gosh, I've got three days left. I'm going to go spend them with my child. And maybe we, as the viewer, forget the, the threat. And then mm. it comes back to get her in the end. You know what I mean? Like that's Something a like more, that. sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a more interesting kind of like when you prop up this and that's, I think ultimately a, such a, why I would slight this movie so hard is like you are using this sort of narrative thing purely as a set dressing, as a device, you know, and not really doing anything of value with it. But, but anyway, I, I don't, I don't really mean to beat up, on the movie that much more but other than to say i do think it's interesting i'm you know we can uh, drift away from the the content of the movie for a moment and just kind of dwell in this sort of notion of of time and the time we have and what we do with that and gandalf but um (laughs) i do feel like there have been moments lately for me and i don't know about how you would articulate this but like they aren't like tectonic earth shattering kind of notions, but you know, I am 38 and, and though in the grand scheme of things, that's not old. It is as old as I've ever been and will ever be, or, or well, not will ever be, but, uh, ha- have ever been. And so, you know, 40 is staring at me and you just think about all these things and two, two kind of, uh, uh, para movie threads. I want to tie in here. Britt Marling, who, wrote and directed and starred in several films another earth i really like her what is the name movie sound of your voice sound of your voice that's what i'm looking for the east Um, the oa i I like all of those i'm not familiar with the east um oh it's on netflix you should watch it it's not as good as sound of your voice but is it a film yeah, it's a film. Now, I okay, don't know okay. if she, I think her production company was kind of, I don't know if it's one of those that she like was instrumental in the writing of it and everything. But, right, right. But it's got that. Uh, I mean, she's, tone. she's amazing. She's, yeah, she's, she's wonderful. incredibly impressive as a, as a, as a creative individual. I adore another earth. Um, you should see the uh, OA too, the if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I started it. I'd, I'd probably have to dive back into it. We got about yeah. two into it. Um, regardless, I remember reading a profile of her and it was honestly, I think it was in correlation to the Weinstein story breaking. And, uh, you know, she was just reflecting on having been, having pondered her personal career. And, and I don't know if you know this, she left like a high profile, I think maybe law career. Really? Some, some high profile hmm. career like that to dive into the creative world. That's um, funny. No, I didn't know that. And, 
in talking about the murmurs she had heard about Weinstein and how to pursue her career, something that she said, and I'm not camping out on that angle of the story, but something she said has stayed with me. And she said, I just got to where I knew how I wanted to trade my time. Wow. And where I wanted to do that. Like, and, and that sort of concept, that sort of phrasing, which is so, you, I mean, there's any number of ways people phrase that. That's kind of a cliche, mm-hmm. but the way it was delivered, you know, what am I going to trade the time that I have? Like if, if life is a sort of transaction, my time is the currency that I possess. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I, I really, that has really haunted me. Uh, another thread that I want to tie in here, and then we can kind of camp out where we want or put the fire out and call it a night, whatever. Um, I was listening to this, this NPR interview about six months ago that really jarred me and arrested me. And I have not read her book, but it was an interview with an author. I'm pulling her name up now. The author's name is Kate Bowler. Like you go bowling, bowler. Hmm. Uh, she's a professor at Duke Divinity School. She wrote a book called Everything Happens for a Reason, subtitled And Other Lies I've Loved. Hmm. And hmm. Uh, to, to illustrate this, this is in the category of uh, death and grief is this book. Oh, okay. so Kate, Kate Bowler, this, this Duke Divinity School professor, um, was doing extended studies into the world of the prosperity gospel. And uh, it's sort of, that's sort of ancillary to the story, except that was kind of her life's work was really studying this sort of movement. Um, she does come from a faith background. Sure. Well, she got stricken with, I believe stage four cancer mm. and she's married. She has children and was basically given a death sentence. And so, she began wrestling with, okay, I've studied the prosperity gospel, which its core tenets are basically do enough of the right versions of faith, you will be taken care of. And it's just really fascinating to hear her talk. Again, I've not read the book, but this, what we do, it's fascinating, man. And why this movie misses the mark for me philosophically, what we do when we know, because here's the problem. We do know. <laughs> right, right. Yes. We just, we just aren't, we just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, right. We are, or, or let's put it this way. We are certain. We just don't know. Mm. That's a, yeah, that's sure. a decent way of yeah. putting it. And it's just fascinating to me as I approach 40 years old, which wildly is, is half a life, uh, you know, regardless of the, the, the quality of it at, at the particular ends of those polls. But, you know, and, and, and you hear Brit Marling talk about, how I trade my time, what I spend my only currency I really have on. Right. You hear this woman, Kate Bowler talk about everything happens for a reason and other lies I've loved. What do I do when I'm told, you know, you know, enough of my personal story to, to know, like, while I have not suffered any sort of physical death or, or, or thank God, catastrophic physical debilitation, uh, uh, on a, on an emotional sense, on a, on a, at a certain level, on a logistical sense, on a, on a spiritual sense, there were, uh, there's a season of time where multiple, if we can use the word deaths happened and that sort of run of life will really train you, even though occasionally I find myself forgetting, which is scary, will train you to not hold it all too tightly, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean things like your family, your loved ones, your children, that sort of thing. That's not what I mean. It's all the other stuff, you know, because, because though 
we are certain we don't know. And once we do know of a spiritual death or an emotional death, not the least of which being a physical one on the horizon at some point, we have to be in a position to deal with that. Right. And, and, and to, which, which hear me, it was, it was through the deep wells of support of a very small support system that I was able to come out of that particular season, my own life. So I'm not even patting myself on the back, but, but that support system and the things I learned in my pursuit and of watching those and of listening and of meditating and seeking wisdom and counsel in that season, you just kind of come to this place of like, you don't hold it too tightly. You pursue gratitude. You, you, you express gratitude for what does last. Yeah. And you, you try your best to trade the currency you have for something that's worthwhile. Yeah. Um, I really, I really didn't mean to go on this little mini essay here, but that's kind of where, where it's taken me. No, I, I think it's valuable because that's the, I think that's the thing is in this film, her, I I can't escape the, the reality of the film that for all of the understandable and justifiable reasons why she passes this along at the end of the film, for all of those completely understandable reasons, Samara, it, it's the big reveal, and I love it, is is a vengeful spirit, and all Rachel is doing, Naomi Watts' character is doing, is aiding and abetting this vengeful spirit at doing this. And in, in as I'm listening to you talk about how we trade our time, I, I keep thinking about like, okay, so you do, if if you cannot stop the inevitable end, like if, if you utterly reject the notion, well, I'm not going to give it to anybody else. Instead, I'm going to burn the video so that nobody else can ever watch it and I'll be the last victim or whatever. And then I sure. will, and then I will spend my last three days or whatever, you know, like just investing because there's all kinds of language about time. Uh, you say, you know, we kill it, we spend it, we waste it, we invest it, you know, all of these different things, uh, treating time as currency, you know, like that's, that's what we talk about either time as currency or time as this organic substance when we say we, we kill it. And I think it is like what, what a different tone the film might be if it was, maybe this is part of what subconsciously dings this film for me is it spends so much time trying to unravel the mystery of what caused this videotape. It it spends like, that's how she devotes her seven days is let's point towards what created this video and true. Initially she thinks she's being benevolent by helping Samara. So I guess sure. there's an argument to be made that like, well, she's, you know, but that happens almost by accident where she right. thinks that she's helping this poor girl out. And so then I don't know, it spends so much time unraveling that mystery to basically assist a, an evil vengeful spirit to continue its evil vengeful work. Um, right. And there's something that just does not sit very well in my in my heart about that now i'm not that's not saying some big broad statement that like there's no value in observing those kind of cautionary tales but but it doesn't uh, feel like and maybe you're going there it doesn't feel like that's what the movie's trying to be no it doesn't it doesn't feel like 
and maybe it should, and maybe that's a deficiency on my part. I'll own that, but uh, it doesn't feel like a loss for her. It feels like a win for her that she gets away from it. Um, right. Whereas, again, I keep comparing this to It Follows, um, as opposed to It Follows, where the final frame of the film is, yes, our two sort of heroes walking hand in hand, but in the distance, you see right. somebody walking behind them. Jimmy. And you see, well, you think it might be Jimmy, but you don't know. Right. And that's the image that the film leaves you with is this will never escape them. This will sure. never they will never fully get rid of it. It will haunt them forever. And that's what you're left with, as opposed to the ring where the final question is, well, what's going to happen to the person that we show it to? And ultimately, Rachel's silence is deafening. What's going to happen to the person? And, and she she looks at it and is like that. That is not the most important thing to me. What happens to the people that I, that suffer because of this is not the most important thing to me. And again, looking back at like just how we reflect on our time and how we spend it. We've said in other pods before, maybe too many at this point, like that we either promote heaven or foster hell by the choices that we make. We either, sure. we either spread one or the other. And if you, there's a, there, there, I do think this is a lie, but there's a lie that if you spend your time just doing just loving the people around you well, that you're not doing much good in the broader scheme of things. Uh, that's, I think that's a lie. Like even if your nexus is no more than half a dozen people, even if your nexus is no more than two or three people, even if your nexus is no more than the debilitated family member that you devote your life to caring for, even if your nexus is nothing more than the three or four friends that you have in your life that you can influence and maybe make their life better and make their world better. Like even if that's all that you spend your time doing, that is a valuable and worthwhile endeavor. Um, but I think maybe there's something at the root of this film that, that, that digs at me that says she spent her time Basically, and admittedly, she was duped, but she spent her time basically unleashing and abetting a vengeful evil spirit. And her decision when she comes to that crashing realization is not, oh, my God, what have I done? But how do I escape it? Like, how do I get out of it? And I don't know. Something about that uh, just really doesn't sit very comfortably with me. And I think we we should look around at how like again talking about how we trade our time are we trading our time by looking at how much we can escape and get away with or are we trading our time with how much we can you know basically push back against the the sure. ticking time bomb of okay uh, and that's that's why I love calvary so much like calvary is very much tapped into i have 7 days this is how i am going to navigate the world I am going to, you know, with no that knowledge. Would be a, that, this would be an interesting double feature. Is the oh, I know, right? Calvary. The ring and Calvary, <laughs> yes. But, but, but it's like, you know, without spoiling major elements of Calvary, like lingering with, with the shadow of death on the horizon, like walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he is still offering hope and help and assistance to the people in his sphere sure. of influence, like the whole, the whole way through. As he's about to march down possibly to his final end, he is patting a parishioner on the back and saying, let's let's meet up after this. We'll get you back on the right track. You know, it's it like it's, so it's just really striking me how the ring is is kind of about how she escapes these consequences and basically aids this vengeful spirit, which definitely has the fear factor. That's definitely got the scares attuned to it. But something about that general leaving me with that does not 
sit very comfortably with me. And that's, I think that's part of, maybe I've just struck on why I don't really like this movie. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I've struck well, on why. Maybe there's something subtextual that I was just sort of scratching at with, with that. But well, uh, there you go, brother. I mean, <laughs> uh, turns out, turns out I was right to be maybe, maybe sixteen yeah. years ago. Maybe, maybe. Well, <laughs> with that in mind, uh, I think we can go to sort of. Uh, well, I don't think I even brought in the the scripture verse. I did not, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's okay. Just, yeah, just let's back it up, yeah. guys. You know what we've been talking about? Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the all I was going to reference, and I'm not even going to go on some big tangent. Was I was going to reference. Uh, Cain's rebuttal to the Lord when the Lord said, like, where is where is your brother Abel? And he said, you know, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And uh, was going to talk about how we don't care for each other. And instead, we are actively fostering death in the lives of those around us, sometimes even of those we love. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'll bumper sticker that right there. Uh, let's get yeah. to David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> Let's uh, let's let's put a ring on old David. Um, so as we do every movie we talk about, we measure the film on a metric of numbers of David as pumpkins and the categories of style, scares, and substance on a measure of zero to five halvesies count. So I'll go first on the subject of style. Um, if I were going purely by the technical definition of style, that of just sort of atmosphere, mood, tone, what have you, I think this would have a high ranking. I tend to rank style more as a reflection of personal appreciation um I, it's funny i went to neutral in the watching and now i may have the dial may be dipped back down to negative <laughs> in the talking um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go two and a half wow now yeah. um i'm gonna be a little bit more generous because i do think that again using my definition of style uh that that like i think as much as i would you know sort of trounce its narrative I think it's got a solid tone, it's got a solid mood, it's got a very effective atmosphere and some really effective scares. So I'm going to be a little bit more generous and give it a three and a half for style. Gotcha. And what about you for uh, uh, scares, Reed? For scares, that's another one that I'm going to give a little bit higher. I really, I really responded very strongly to the whole, you weren't supposed to help her, she never sleeps, and then Noah's death. So I'm actually going to give it a four for scares. Okay. Um, I will give it a three for scares. I think there's a lot of disturbing imagery but i but i personally feel like it ultimately amounts to very little other mm. than disturbing imagery yeah um that said i mean it is disturbing imagery and there are some genuine jump moments and the mood and the tone are effective so yeah uh, you know credit there um as far as substance goes I, despite there being a well in this movie i think it's very shallow um <laughs> you know I, I i'm gonna go for a two and a half i just don't think i don't I haven't seen Ringu, so it's hard for me to totally Ringu's back, better backslap this movie, not knowing where that one sort of rests. But I feel like this movie is not sure what it is mm. in and of itself, and so from that standpoint, it's hard to assess what it is trying to say, which I think is not a whole lot. So I'm gonna. What did I say? Did I say a two or two and a half? Two and a half. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and and, and for substance. I think, uh, so listeners, if you're going to balk at this, this is because not necessarily, I don't think it has much to say, but because I have a categorical philosophical difference with what I think it is saying, um, I'm going to give it a two. 
for right. substance. Um, this is interesting. A little, a little all over the place. I know. Yeah, I know. It's true. Um, but yeah, I just really, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well. It doesn't sit very, very well or very comfortably with me. Um, so that means that we give The Ring uh, a somewhat controversial 6 out of 10, David S. Pumpkins. And who did so, Samara beat on the Monster Mash last week? I was ticked, whoever it was. Uh, I yeah, I can't recall either. But yeah, she beat... Oh, yep. I'd have to go back and, and look at the at the graph. Who did she beat? She beat one of the spirits, but I can't remember who it was. Uh, well, that is her category. No. Oh, um, maybe she uh, beat... Did she beat Beetlejuice? No, the ancient ones beat no. Beetlejuice. No. Yes. <sighs> that was I don't know. I, anyway, y'all voted on it. <laughs> All right, guys. This has been another entry in our summertime series. Hashtag Monster Mash here at the Fear of God. Dead coming. I can never get that right. Do it, Reed. <laughs> Knock on it. I try. I even try to okay. think ahead, and it just left. That me is okay. And as much as you listen to our show, I'm, I I'm, know, I'm surprised. I know, yes. I know. I know. Always cut but it, it off is, before the end. It is the beginning of wow. Yeah. <laughs> it is the beginning of wisdom. Beginning of it wisdom is not, but it's not the end of the conversation. That's right. Look, that's a callback. It's a callback. <laughs> yes, that's right. Kristen that's and Fred. Right. That's right, Kristen. All right, guys. We will see you next week when we continue our fourth of six hashtag monster mash entries celebrating the summer celebrating the monster mash competition and we will see who has moved on to the next category see you next week everybody bye everybody seven, seven days we'll see you in seven days <laughs> the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom but it is not the end of the conversation to continue this conversation, you can follow us on Twitter at The Fear of God. Visit us on Facebook to comment on one of our posts or to post there yourself. You can follow Reed on Twitter at Reed Lackey. You can follow Nathan on Twitter at The Nathan Rouse. Visit MoreThanOneLesson.com to leave a comment on this post or any of the official episode posts. Email us at fearofgodpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, fearofgodpodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, if you listen to us through iTunes, we would greatly appreciate a rating or a review. Thank you for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next week.